Hello, welcome to the Complete Discography Podcast. My name is Darren Huckey, and along with my co-host, Austin Johns, we break down every album from some of our favorite bands. Here in Season 2, we break down every album released by Bad Religion. We hope you enjoy the show. Uh, no control. So you've listened to it a couple times? Yeah, quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've listened to a bunch too. I still don't think, as much as I have listened to it, I still don't think I listened to it more than fucking Suffer, uh, which is a good album. It's a great, good album. But it's crazy how the time went that we uh, were just like in that like prep, prep stage. Yeah, so much prep went into just listening exclusively to that album. And I'm like, that's now maybe my most listened to Bad Religion album next to maybe Process of Belief for me. <laughs> Um, wow! Yeah, what, the belief would be number two, possibly. Wow! Yeah, what do you think your most listened to album is? Do you think? Um, it probably might be a Generator or um, New Dark Ages. Maybe that was the name of that mm. album, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one no, was no, no, listened no. to a lot. <laughs> no, that was New Maps of Hell. New Maps of Hell. That's yeah. the song. Is New just Dark, Dark Ages. Ages. Yeah. <laughs> you just listen New to that Maps one song yeah. exclusively, <laughs> yeah. not the whole album, just that one <laughs> song enough times. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember the name yet. Uh, New Maps of Hell, yeah. That one I listened to quite a bit. And those last, uh, what was the one before True North? Descent, Descent of Man? Sorry, no. after True North. Descent of Man. <laughs> That's my, my same answer. So they both can't be on, uh, true. <laughs> uh, let's look it up. It's fine. Oh, that, Age that of Unreason. Like, Age of Unreason. I listened to that a lot as well, but more recently because I kind of skipped it when it came out. But then I finally gave it a chance recently. I was like, holy crap, this is really good. Well, I know. I listened to it a ton. I did say we were talking about No Control, but yeah, just tangent. Uh, New Maps of Hell, 2007. Descent of Man, 2010. True North, 2013. Mm-hmm. Age of Unreason, 2019. A big That's gap. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and technically now, we're in a four-year gap from that one even. So that's this three-year average they had. It looked like they're going... Uh, well, actually, they, they did like a one-year – we're in a one-year system for them right now from Suffer to No Control to Against the Grain. They do it yeah. year after year after year. Then in the 90s, Strange Than Fiction, Grey Race, No Substance, New America, Process of Belief, two years in between. Mm-hmm. And then Empire, New Maps, Descent of Man, True North, three years in between. Mm-hmm. Slowing uh, down. Yeah, and then now it was six years between that for Age of Unreason, and it's been four years since that. So – I, I did read they're working on uh, new new material though. Yes, yes, I read that too. Yeah. Maybe they're getting but, old. I don't know. What are they? 40, 40 45 something. Yeah, like I think that? probably early 40s <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Probably performing music live in one, two, three, four, five decades technically. Five different decades they've performed as a band. <laughs> 80s, 90s, damn, early aughts, the 2010s and now the old yeah, damn. five decades of performances. It was kind of fun. yeah another just random tangent thing, but I was on the Bad Religion uh, like Reddit page or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, I think it, uh, they must be touring, um, you know, Australia, New Zealand kind of area. Oh, but yeah. there was a guy that was uh, posting on there that was like, yeah, I kind of came to the realization that this is realistically probably the last time I'll get to see them live. You know, living in Australia or uh, play live. You know. Um, mm. It's just kind of speculating because, like, the time it takes in between them doing a tour where they end up in that part of the world and, like, the, you know, their age and things like that. It was kind of uh, 
I mean, possibly realistic, but kind of a sad kind of a realization yeah, I, I mean, guess, for this guy who was like, I don't know if I'm going to see them again because of how old they are and how, you know, and the frequency how, they come here and like, you know. Yeah, they don't go to Australia probably that often. They go to Europe a lot. Um, like European fans more so than like other bands probably got lucky to see Bad Religion quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Australia, how often do bands go down there? Um, I don't know. It probably depends on the band, but it sounds like this one is not one that goes down there all that often. But Blink-182 doesn't. Well, when they do, they don't use their Travis Barker as our drummer because he refuses to fly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch. Ever since that incident. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> or his best friend died in a small plane with him, also on board. <laughs> and he got burned up pretty bad, too, I believe, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Knocked, some, knocked some sense into him, dated a Kardashian. Uh, so what? he just he just has to take a bus anywhere he goes, you know, yeah. John Madden style? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it, but that you know, probably works fine traveling, you know, with a tour like that. Um, yeah. I don't know how European stuff works. Maybe he also doesn't play in Europe. Or maybe it's too maybe long of a, a flight. Titanic style. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's entirely possible. Um, fun. Hmm. All right. Well, um, yeah, no control. <laughs> we'll go back, back in time uh, to the eighties. Uh, the end of the eighties. This was released November 2nd, 1989 um, oh, wow. on Epitaph records. Bad religion was credited as the producer on the credits. Um, it was recorded at West Beach Recorders, where uh, Gearwitz is working, um, which is also the same spot where we recorded Suffer. Um, what other deets did I put in? It was recorded in June of 89. So recorded in June, released <laughs> in November. Um, while they were recording this, they had just finished recording it, and like I said, in June. But then they barely, I believe, just started getting to hit the road to do the tour for Suffer. Because um, Suffer was released in September of 88. They didn't tour immediately then because of Graffin's like, school and stuff like that. So Summer rolled around. That's their tour schedule. But they had just finished recording No Control and were then doing the proper tour for Suffer. So they had all these new songs, banked, recorded, performed, played, and all that stuff. But then they're going out to promote Suffer technically because this album wouldn't be released until November of that year. So it's a super confusing <laughs> cycle for them. They're one ahead, and it, that continues with Against the Grain. Um for them, so before they catch up and get on an pro- appropriate touring cycle for themselves. Mm. Um, but yeah, on the album, uh, credits-wise, Graffin vocals, Gearwitz guitar, Hetson guitar, Jay Bentley bass, and Pete Finestone still on drums. So mm. same, same lineup as the previous album as well. Um, I read a few other interesting details. Rise Against, uh, everyone's fourth favorite band, um, cited the album as one of their 12 key influences alongside works by Dead Kennedys, Fugazi, and Jawbreaker. Wow. So they specifically shouted out uh, No Control. We talked about somebody saying Suffer. Oh, like No Effects, I think, was... I feel um, like a lot of people mentioned uh, Suffer, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was for sure. Yeah, Fat Mike. Yeah, No Effects, and I think Hot Water Music, uh, the dude from Hot Water Music. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name suddenly. Chuck um, Reagan, yeah. Yeah, Chucky. Chucky R. He... Uh, <laughs> He's, I think, cited Suffer as one of his most influential. So here's another batch of bands who mm. were inspired, but by a different early album of Bad Religions, which is cool. Um, and then in the recording process, uh, Gearitz was, uh, uh, I think, a self-described gearhead. Um, so he always wanted the newest <laughs> technologies. <laughs> they, people say that. Gear, gear slut, you know. Um, the uh, So... He got it from yeah, the Gearwitz. Yeah, Gearwitz. Yeah, yeah, G E A R. <laughs> he he used this new like digital system. It was called an Aphex Systems. It was a compressor 
Um, and so they kind of were replacing analog systems with like new digital, like this new technical trend and everything. And I believe I didn't note it here, but, um, in that do what you want book, as well as another interview I read, I believe he got it from, um, the drummer from the descendants, who was also, uh, an engineer and everything like that at all, who in our previous season with alkaline trio, Bill Stevenson, he ended up recording one of their newer albums and stuff. He's also hmm. a, a gear slut himself. It sounds like, um, anyway, this Aphex systems, um, system tool he used, um, he wanted to like run it through this compressor. So he, he ended up like using this and it, the way that it manipulated the sound, uh, he ended up hating the way that final mix worked and it got like this weird kind of heavier sound than he actually intended. Um, but he then had to do a bunch of extra work by hand, essentially trying to manually remove that compression of the audio using other tools to like add more highs and lows to it. Uh, but overall, because of all the muddiness and and manipulation of it, um, it kind of has more of an aggressive and distinct sound, uh, in his mind, um, that he does now enjoy and after releasing this a lot of punk bands and like fat mike and all that stuff would try and seek gear out because they wanted that unique sound they're like oh this is like where punk is going i want that like you know that darker deeper sound um but it was all all produced by him tinkering with new toys and you know like wanting to get the cutting edge you know technologies into his life and workspace wow um yeah, I didn't know that he had that background, but just uh, in my mind, I was like, oh, this just sounds like um, it was re- like I was just assuming it was just better equipment it was recorded on to um, suffer. Because there is a noticeable difference. And I like, yeah. just like I what I thought it was just quality, but it sounds like maybe it is quality, but it's also just the, you know, the tools, tools used. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, reading about that and everything, I didn't I went back and played through a suffer song and just kind of hear it suffer. I think even the music is. I don't want to say simpler, but like, like there is like a, a tone to it that you hear that's just kind of like loud, fast and, you know, ready to go like this. Sometimes their songs have like a little bit like a, an extra layer, it feels or I mean, I can you can kind of hear a difference now when like noting the track listings and things like that. So which I think is kind of cool. Um, and finally, of the tracks on this album, Big Bang was. Uh, well, I guess we'll say you first. You was famously featured in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I don't know if you played that game. Did you ever play that one? I may have dabbled with that one oh, a yeah. little bit, yeah. <laughs> what would you say games you spent the most hours playing are? Where, where was Tony Hawk 2 land on that list of most hours spent oh, playing a dude, video game? That's got to be – that's probably top five, I would imagine, right? I would, GTA, I would think so. Probably GTA 3 – uh, or one, yeah, probably number three would be up there too. Yeah. I think um, five, five star challenges, passing the controller around. Yeah, uh, Tony those two, two for sure. sure. Got to be in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Harvest Moon. One of them might end up in that list, yeah. possibly. Yeah, that Back to Nature, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, probably that. One. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I would agree. I, <laughs> I as well. I've uh, now that video games can track how many hours you've played to them, yeah. I remember looking at um. What was it like Destiny? I think it's probably the like if you add Destiny one and two together, um, I've spent like fourteen hundred hours on those games in the oh last my, yeah. four or five years, which is kind of insane. Um, That's very insane. Yeah, Monster Hunter, and this is insane because I haven't played that game in well over a year and a half or so, probably. But it's still like there's not a game. Even adding up the next five games on my list doesn't <laughs> even equate to Destiny. But um, yeah. there was Monster Hunter world that came out and i managed to spend like almost 200 hours on that save file oh. um 
And I only stopped because I had nobody else to like play with. <laughs> but like, <laughs> if somebody like sent me a text saying like, "Hey, I'm picking up Monster Hunter World. Is that any good? Like, do you want to play with me?" I'd be like, "Let's go." I'd jump right back <laughs> in and 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 100 play that game. Uh, okay, anyway, so you was in Tony Hawk 2. Big Bang, also on this album, was in uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, the first Tony Hawk's Underground. Um, oh. And then uh, Forza Horizon 3, Anxiety, was on that soundtrack. Oh. Never played those. Yeah, never played those Forza games or anything, but I'd be curious to know <laughs> what that uh, mix of that soundtrack was um, to have Anxiety on there. Um but yeah, interesting choice. I wonder just you know what the decision was for that, but interesting um, to see that there. In the um, Do What You Want book, they do Gearwitz does talk about it, and I'll mention it next episode too because it kind of came from there. But um, he was he was all about licensing and like sharing and allowing like other people to use their music because in his mind it was like free promotion and publicity and everything because um, coming from his own upstart record label and trying to do things himself. Like, you know, he was, you know, well, what's one way to do it? Like get everybody listening to it. Then they'll come seek out our music and buy it. Um, so I feel like that's probably why they've submitted themselves to be available. in A lot of these games and media and, um, stuff like that, which is cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Well then, uh, if, do you have any, any notes or memories? I guess we have talked about, um, where were you when you first heard it and things like that. Um, this obviously eighty nine. We were you know very young. So uh, when did yeah. you? Uh, this was similar to me from the last episode. Like I picked these up after those kind of remasters came out that Epitaph did in the early two thousands or whatever that was. I think it was early two thousands. Yeah, it was like like right out of high school, basically the same years. Um, that's kind of when I went back and primarily started to listen to these actual albums because I was uh, like all ages was essentially the the driver for some of their earlier music for me. While I then picked up their newer music. Yeah, pretty similar for me. It was uh, knew some of the songs from all ages, and maybe from um, I don't know about this album for Punkaramas, but those are always a good source oh, of yeah. like, oh, that's what this is from. And then obviously uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two, yeah, that was like where I first heard the song "You." Um, and then pretty similar. It wasn't until I actually had uh, like a job and was like making money where I was able to like buy the albums and check them out. But it was also tough then because like they were releasing current albums and you'd want to get like the, the newest one. Mm-hmm. You know? um, you're probably going to go see them live and they're going to play the new. Yeah. It was just more exciting to get like the newest one that is current. Right. So, but I eventually did get around to like picking up and I think it was the same thing, got the remastered ones when they came out, but this was of their older albums that I went back and checked out. I think this might've been the first one. Hmm. I like, I remember listening to this before I listened to suffer and, um, and definitely before I listened to Against the Grain, so. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, uh, uh, yeah, same thing. But I I always remember, like, that back catalog. Like, I'd hear the current thing and I'd, whatever the, you love the band for and all that stuff. But then, like, if you did have some extra money or time, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. in between album cycle or something like that, cool. I'll dip into the back catalog and try and catch up <laughs> there as well, too. Uh, but if there was something new on the horizon or something newly released, like, that obviously jumped the line and sometimes, you know, superimposed itself to be, you know, listen to first. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, I think that's it from all the upfront stuff, which was kind of a lot, actually. I thought we would just bang through that, bang it out, you know, but, uh, <laughs> this album's got 15 songs. It bangs itself out, uh, in 26 minutes with those 15 oh, yeah, songs. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I realized that quickly. Cause a lot of times I'll listen to it on my bike ride to work, which is about, 
you know, 25 minute ride or something yeah. like that. And so like, I'm always like, wow, like when I'm looking, going to ride home, I'm like, I resume it and there's like one or two songs left. And then it's just, you know, oh, shit. Oh, like, starts over. I, I go. the whole thing. Whoops. Here we go. Well, no, that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So 15 songs, um, 26 minutes total, originally released 89 in Epitaph. So let's get into it then. And we'll listen to the first song. Um, change of ideas. 55 second intro. Well, the shoes have all been brought, but the fields have washed away. And the palaces now stand where the government's all laid. And the times to see ahead with the sprays of rosy hues. For we don't wish to admit what it is we have to lose. Millennium coming. The I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this one out just because <laughs> I mean, with 55 seconds long, I risk playing the entire song. Uh, but, but it ends as ends with itself just repeating change of ideas over and over again yeah how do you think this starts the album off yeah it's a nice solid start for the album a good quick you know short fast song it's pretty typical of what they do uh it is funny hearing <laughs> millennia incoming yeah. and at the time it was like okay like a decade away or whatever but now it's like wow we're you know yeah, a quarter of the way into this. We're, we're, we're twenty years. Uh, that was twenty years ago. That song. Uh, it just puts it in perspective how old and how long these guys have been doing it. I guess. But uh, no, that's, I, I like that song quite a bit. It ended up on uh, on all ages. I think, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. Pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, it did because yeah, I mean, I've heard it so there. many times. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's just. Yeah. It's. It's. It's just funny to. It, uh, to the, think that they tried to make a best of album like you know at, the, at that time, and it was like okay, well, yeah, well, we've done like four or five albums. We can do maybe a best <laughs> of at this time, you know, sure. And it ends up being like four or five songs from each album, and there you go, all done. <laughs> um, this was a. Uh, it said in like an interview I was reading the inspiration for a change of ideas, and a lot of the songs on No Control came from Graffin entering graduate school. Um, and this one's about the shifting of one's worldview based on learning, based on knowledge and taking in what you see in the world. Um, like you kind of called that out on the previous album. Suffer was definitely like a lot of like kind of like an L.A. local, like of the almost like them as humans view of issues happening and um, the impacts of decisions made um, and whatnot. This one, a lot of um, kind of like what's the saying, like there's more of a broader view of it all, like, like the whole world or like humankind as reference, not just the, and like the human experience and not just like their individual lives in those moments and stuff. So it's like a little bit more of a, like a grown up or, um, I mean, it has more of a theme, you know, that kind of feels with that. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's like a lot more, um, I think some, at times even like direct quotes from like, you know, um, you know, scholars, I guess we'll just call them. Cause yeah. I can't, I don't really know what title I'm looking for right now, but like, you know, like people in, in the science world that maybe Graffin has, you know, admired or liked, like, you know, quotes from or learned something from that he, I know for, for sure there's a direct quote in one of these songs, but there's also, um, you know, just him having his own spin on like what knowledge he's, you know, gained and stuff. It's like for sure noticeable in this album. And it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like- you, like knowing that now, having listened to being exposed primarily through all ages and first, and then going back, um, all ages, it's not like they don't fit together necessarily. Because I mean, you just kind of listen to them all and you get it. But then 
hearing like the each album did have its own like writing cycle and did have its own like clear like you know this is what was running through their head as they wrote these batch of songs and things so they can kind of see the differentiate like or the differential like aspects or there's the different aspects of like each album kind of stand out more when you listen to them independently like this which is kind of cool um but yeah there is some quotes i think it's in no control specifically where he talks about um yeah james Hunt, like a quote from him but uh yeah um cool so that being said obviously that one was written by greg graffin um very graffin like song mm-hmm. uh the next song yeah. tr- track two is big bang uh and this is a brett song <laughs> kicks it up but not just like like their fastest pace you know <laughs> like just like right out of the gate and uh just kind of keeps driving um and i love the line i think the delivery of it like this room is overcrowded man and i need air to breathe yeah uh and it kind of like modifies itself in the next go around and everything but um the delivery is just like like machine gun style you know like not only are the <laughs> guitar so driving but his vocal delivery is like so like like driving in this song too um uh, i just really i think this is super catchy oh i gotta start ranking these songs fuck <laughs> yeah it's cool too that uh you mentioned that one was written by brett i uh which i could could now that i'm listening closer can kind of pick that i guess but um even though it's like two songwriters and it's not always 100 percent like coherent between the two like i don't want to say coherent but like i guess just the title being like big bang and it, you know in there like it kind of blends in a little bit better we were like oh yeah you know science stuff you know yeah <laughs> they're, they're doing that but like um, yeah, the um I think after I think during this one and then more so in the next albums, um Giritz didn't want to be like that science like nerd. Like he didn't want to have to be like too over intelligent with some of the lyrics and all stuff. So he tried to like, you know, get his own voice type of thing, if that makes sense, you know, not to um yeah. do the same thing. He wanted to kind of evolve himself and everything. So um like twenty first century digital boy and things like that, um, you know, become more um Giritz like you can kind of then hear more like what his songs are, but yeah, this yeah. without knowing that, like, and hearing the lyrics and everything, like, um, when they, when they can heed the clarion call and like, just like, there's a lot of like, uh, like bigger, you know, you know, more graphing thinking words. What I, you know, in my mind, I, I can, I, I could see it. If somebody said that this was, I could see it being a graphing song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good. It's a good banger. Big bang. <laughs> Uh, after we get through Big Bang, move on to track three, uh, title track, is uh, third track, minute 47 seconds, no control. Here we go. Culture was the seed of proliferation, but it's got it melted into an inharmonic hole, to an inharmonic hole. Consciousness has plagued us and we cannot shake it, though we think we're in control. Think we're in control. Questions that precede just in light are testament of our helplessness. There's no vestige of a beginning, no prospect of an end. 
this um, like change of ideas, like it gets to its big hook um, at the end. Um, and believe these words you hear when you think your path <laughs> is clear. <laughs> we have no control. And it just rides out the last, you know, 30 seconds of talking about no control, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Man, that song starts lyrically, just reading the words of the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. You know, culture was the seed of proliferation, but it's gotten melded into an inharmonic whole. <laughs> <laughs> like what like i have to get a dictionary out for 17 of those words like i like what is happening um but reading more about it this is also what you called out too. the um in that chorus there's no vestige of a beginning no prospect of an end is a quote from james hutton from 1795 and he is what um people call the father of modern geology um, so that's why mm. Graffin was probably pretty impressed and enthused because going into his own studies related to that field, um, that's where that came from. That's cool. Yeah, this song is so freaking good. The, uh, the, the, the early albums have such good uh, title tracks for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. You know? it's, like, it's like they know, like, oh, that's the one. Let's just name the whole album after it, you know. But uh, super like this song. Um, and I think it's interesting. This song and a few others on here that kind of have – like in my view, like a uh, theme of like, sometimes it's like, like human society as a whole and like this search, this quest for like the next thing progress and like advancing and like how um, like futile that is, I guess. Like, yeah. And then on some of the songs, it's almost like on a personal level, like this quest for, you know, materials and money and like having more than somebody else. And then, you know, in the end, <laughs> you know, yeah. does it, it was, does it matter? Was it worth it? Like, what, what was the cost of that? You know, kind of a theme in, for me. But yeah, I don't really think it as like a negative view of that either. It's more of just like if you think about it, like this stuff that's you know you, you know in front of your face or like you know like moder like in, happening in front of you right now. Ultimately, like in the life of the universe and the life of like the planet and life of like how this is all going to like happen, like it's just insignificant in like it's time and place in like the, the length of time that things are around like political lyrics. Um, uh, when we all disintegrate, it'll all happen ag again. Yeah. If you came to conquer, you'll be king for a day, but you two will deteriorate and quickly fade away and believe you were just these words you hear when you think your path is clear, we have no control. Uh, so like, yeah, like human, like people want to try and capitalize and take advantage of like this moment. But ultimately in the end of the day, like we are going to cease to exist. And like the cycle of like, you know, the yeah. world and all stuff is going to kind of continue its course. And it's the humans are not the center or they're not the main character. We are just <laughs> guest starring yeah. in this moment. Yeah. Maybe this song is a little more neutral with it, but like some of the, some of the songs on here do have more of a negative oh, uh, yeah, yeah. view of it. But this one, yeah, probably is. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess interpreted that way. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably balance it. I wonder what Graffin's original intent, you know, theoretically was. Like, was he like nihilistically or pessimistically trying to reference it in that way, or was it more of just like the educational side of things? Just like, matter of fact, yeah, yeah. Like, well, no, this is like I have learned this, and so as you all like waste your energies and time in this, it ultimately doesn't matter. Not because I think it's useless, but I do think it's useless. But it's because it ultimately is just a blink of the eye. Um, yeah. The band um, Bot Botch from Tacoma, Washington, oh. um, they have a song called Hutton's Great Heat Engine, which is referencing James Hutton as well. And um, that was uh, one of his like theories and all stuff about like the earth and sub like layers of the earth and the 
not lava, but whatever, you know, big brain stuff. Uh, they also <laughs> had a song called uh, in reference to him. So um, they may be they they got to be they got to be smart dudes having like the weird time signatures and complicated songs and all that stuff. So they, they've got to be pretty well studied themselves too. I would, I would assume more so than me. High school dropout, baby. Um, yeah. So uh, I think, wasn't that song that song Billy was written about you though, wasn't it? on this album uh yes your nickname back in the day <laughs> yes uh it, brett does say it's kind of autobiographical about him but you know really he was you know saying hey there's a <laughs> there's a three-year-old out there that i think this is gonna apply to so i'm gonna go ahead and tack in on here for him. Kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um all right well uh, what are we at track four sometimes i feel like is what it's um quoted here i think it's like listed on the credits i think there's a song that has um a different title For sometimes some it feels, it was, oh yeah that's it yeah. sometimes it feels like that's yeah but it's listed on the back of the case printed wrong sometimes i feel like and so there's um a variable in um what the actual title is uh, i'm sure they can answer it for us we'll call them up after the show and get to the bottom of it uh <laughs> but yeah track four sometimes i feel like The specter in the corner of an illustrated page A lonesome unit strictly with wrapped remedial gaze The poverty of his mind for gentle wealth of his emotion Bring him in his perky musings and unexpected frustration Makes him mad as we the fabric of his life Tomorrow might be better, but right now it feels like I think that's a super cool song for like using the uh, audio as also like expressing the emotion of like the lyrics are trying to like, Hey, we don't need the words for this. You know, we can, we're going to let the sound like that, like the just distorted wild, wildly guitar sounds to like, just talk about being chaotic and jumbled and express the feeling of the lyrics and everything. Um, which is kind of cool. That is a, uh, Oh, uh, no Control was a Graffin song written by Greg Graffin, of course. Uh, and then this song here, we go on a streak of four Garrett songs, but sometimes I feel oh. like it is a Garrett song. Um, <laughs> he said in an interview, sometimes it feels like, uh, once again, it's one of those songs uh, to elicit a feeling. It's about being unable to express frustration with having an inability to express what's inside of you. So uh, it's like a, like a coming of age song, you know. Uh, struggling yeah. if I can figure that out almost. Um, that's from, from Brett, from, uh, from an interview of, uh, of Brett from back in the day. That's awesome. That perfectly explains the uh, use of music as expression, I guess, that you were mentioning. That's like always been what has stood out to me about that song was just like that, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Like the, the idea of that, um, I mean, in 1989, you know, getting creative with the delivery and, you know, the structure of it all, you know, it's a, it's a house of leaves style thing where it's like, Oh, we're going to play with the footnotes and we're going to tell We're going to use the pages in a unique way. Like, Oh, we're going to use the music here to tell the story, not just the words. And I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'll move on to the next song while I continue to chart my course here. Uh, automatic man. Uh, like I said a second ago, it's also a gear song. Uh, but we'll start that now. He's the latest superhero with power so profound He can leap a dotted line in just a single bound 
fun driving song. And I like that guitar riff too. It's like burn out, and it's like this like kind of muted, just like string stroking, like click 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 It's really neat. It just drives the yeah. crazy tempo of it. Yeah, I've, I've, that's a good song too. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, like you're what's mentioning uh, of superheroes, you know, it's mentioned mm-hmm. here, and then on uh, the previous album, "Do What You Want," has like the. And go to hell with Superman and uh, yeah. the champion. Yeah, and then also, you know, saying in books and magazines that's later said in uh, on a generator, the song generator mm-hmm. in books. It's just like a funny. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a funny, um, like in for, uh, phrasing, I guess. I know you must have seen him in books and magazines. You know, like, I don't know. But just just remembering other lyrics that also kind of tie into this. There's a a comic book company. Um, gosh, I mean, probably eight years ago or longer now maybe Mm -hmm. longer, Um, but they were called Black Mask and um, an independent comic company, but it was founded by Brett Geritz, Steve Niles, uh, the horror writer, or not just horror, but he's done a bunch of stuff, you know, 30 Days of Night. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, uh, uh, Matt Pozzolo is the other guy who's a creative dude from like with the music scene and all that stuff, also transitioned into comics and has wrote a bunch of books for them too. Um, But Geritz has kind of helped – start and form that. And then I believe they even use like that Kings road merchandise, like distribution, like centers and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which the epitaph uses and everything. Like it's all like them to kind of help distribute the books. Um, before it was like in like diamond, the actual like big monopoly, um, distributor that's here in the U S right now, they would just sell direct to comic shops themselves while they were kind of like starting out and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he must. He, he's got to be like a comic book fan, you know, on some scale be, yeah. or some level. As it, maybe as a kid, and it just kind of like always been in the back of his mind about how he had loved that when he was younger. At least maybe if he doesn't keep up with him, but enough to in his yeah. adult life, you know, like work with, um, <laughs> you know, some people to help start a comic book company, you know. Yeah, just um, kind of cool. red. Uh, but yeah, Automatic Man. Um, I think it's in the book, do what you want. It talks about it, but he, the idea for the song came up because he was driving on the freeway and it was all basically muscle memory. He was just on the freeway, not paying attention too much, but, but took the exit to where he would get off to get to like his recording studio and everything. Uh, and, but that's not where he was headed. It was just like, he was on the same road. And so this made him think, and like, he was just kind of zoning out and then boom, he did it. And it was like, Oh shit. And that kind of inspired him to come up with the song then. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but a good song, good jam. Uh, and then the, ba- those background vocals, you know, um, you know, because he gets things done, bang, 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 he's dead. Bang, bang, he's dead. <laughs> uh, I like the little ba- backing chants. Uh, those are, those are solid. Um, track six is I want to conquer the world, which I'm sure we both love. So I'll start that now. With your high and mighty errand Your action speaks aloud, so I can't hear a word you're saying Hey sister, bleeding hard with all of your compassion Your labors do the hurt, but can't assuage temptation Hey man of science, with your perfect rules of measure Can you improve this place with the data that you gather? Hey mother mercy, can your lungs be improved forever? Is your fecundity a trammel or a treasure? Conquer the world Give all the idiots a brand new religion 
Uh, that's what All Ages starts with. So I think just my natural inclination to like that song a lot is because, you know, that's probably one of the most listened to Battlefield songs for me in my younger years, for sure. Um, just because it starts that co- collection off really well. Um, interesting that it's just a middle track for just no control and everything. Like that, but I, I mean, I love this song. Like, I love the lyrics and everything to it. I love the idea that it's painting everything. Um, but, um, yeah, I just it's just a good jam, start to finish. It's not like drivingly, obsessively, like too fast for itself or anything. Not that the other songs are, um, but there's definitely more of like a controlled, like tone to it and like a catchiness to it, um, which makes it stand out to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the song too. Uh, definitely got a lot of play from just uh, all ages, but I think I remember um, they used to have like a, a radio station that would do like a ska punk, you know, late evenings kind of a thing. And they, this song would get played on there as well, you know. Um, so I hear like just, you know, in my car or on the radio sometimes, um, you know, at certain hours of night, I guess. Um, yeah, this, I think also as a teen, I really liked, this, you know, the, hey, brother, Christian with your high yeah. body. Right? Just like, you know, just that little bit of, but he does, in the lyrics, he kind of is like indiscriminate towards, you know, other groups, you know, kind of calling them out on their yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I wanted to like and, ask about, like what you always thought, what maybe you think, like the what what the intent of the song is because it isn't just like hey like an anti-christian song with like hey we're making fun of you because it calls out like man of science and like the way that their thought is diplomats a moral soldier like um all these different people and then ultimately who is speaking that they want to conquer the world like do they want to conquer because they think they'll do it better than those other individuals that's the part that's the part that i always think is like maybe missed a little bit that i get from it because I, I don't know the intent at all, but I, I will say that when he says the conquer the world thing, there's also like, oh, my God, you must be joking, you know, and then like later in the song, where he's like, we'll have peace on earth and global, well, you know, and then yeah. I'll save the whales. Like he starts throwing stuff out where it's almost like this ludicrous notion that like this him or this person is going to do like a better job. It's kind of what I always kind of got from it because he doesn't like it's almost like sarcastic in its its tone to me, you know? Yeah, that's what that's what but, I was like, like bouncing between like what like is it? like pessimistically saying like, yeah, all you people are not going to get it right. Like, here's your flaws. And if I was running the show, like I'd be, I'd be able to do all of these things, you know, like I'd make it perfect and it would be great. Like, but like knowing that's, that's also not possible. It's like, you're doing too, like, that's too much to like ask. So like, what, what ultimately is it? So it's, it's kind of like, it's fun to hear it and like, listen for it. Like, okay, let's hear it for the sarcastic or pessimistic slant. And then let's hear it for the, like, no, like these are all the problems and this is like how I would do better than you <laughs> by focusing on the thing. So it's just an interesting dynamic to uh, kind of think about the song in that way. Cause yeah, at the, yeah. at the end in the, in the next chorus, um, yeah, like, um, what is it? it? It keeps going on. Yeah. Expose the culprits and feed them to the children, do it with air pollution. And then I'll see the whales. We'll have peace on earth and global communion. Like it just, it just really ratchets up like the expectations mm-hmm. of what this person thinks they'll do if they were to conquer the world. And even in the first one, it was like, with a quick wink of the eye and a God, you must yeah. be joking, you know? So it's almost like, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I always want to know too. Or like, I've, I've thought about that line too, like promote equality in all of my decisions with a quick wink, with a quick wink of the, the eye and a God, you must be joking. Like, and that's like a quotation. Like, so is this like this person is oh, like, yeah, is, ob- ob- yeah. is this person observing like a politician, like making these empty promises about like all mm-hmm. that? Like, oh yeah, well, uh, I'll promote equality and I'll do all this. I'll, I'll, I'll make all these promises. And then like a little wink off camera, you know, like, and then like that, somebody is seeing that they're fake. Like, God, oh, you must be joking. Like you, like, I don't, yeah, that's, I don't probably, buy that's probably more, that's probably more of what, what this is. I think then, yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty good 
Yeah, but it's cool. It's a just kind of see. But like ultimately, I don't disagree with all those promises. Like you know, like air pollution, saving the whales, like all, all the things that it's they you know this sure, but tangible how, person. How is that going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But I mean, if somehow it was to have happened, that would be a person that I would get behind and support and, and enjoy having them conquer <laughs> the world. But uh, that's that's not the tone for that. Um, in an interview, uh, it was this is a funny story. Brett said in an interview um, that he said it's an anti-war song, um, and then. Um, and that he had a really strong sense of irony when he wrote the song with it. So he was trying to be ironic and, you know, have irony within it. And he said that he's had jarheads come up to him and say, fuck yeah, I feel the same way, man. And he's just had to be <laughs> like, um, that's not what it's about. You know, like just kind of stuck oh and like, oh, disappointed in that. But there is an <clears throat> ambiguousness to it. Like we just discussed. I mean, you can kind of hear it and see it in different ways with the way you kind of interpret it. The music, you know, it's not a book. You don't get to, you know, have pages to explain your point of view or anything. You, interpret from like lines of um catchy dialogue or, or catchy lyrics mm-hmm. and everything um but cool love the song and we will move on we are looking at sanity uh which again is um the fourth gearwit song in this little streak here that we're on before it gets back to a graphic song but here's track seven sanity interesting younger as a kid like slowing down you know slowing down and hearing like yeah. a slower song it was like oh man you know you gotta get back into it but uh <laughs> it is nice to kind of catch your breath and like have like a change of pace and all stuff like i really that's that's the longest song on the album two minutes and 45 seconds um mm-hmm. but it's it's still it's still solid like it's definitely you know they could have done two reg- or two other songs in that same time span. Um, but I still really, really enjoy slowing it down and having a breath of like catching your breath and kind of changing things up. Yeah. And pretty interesting. Like just the music is just good and a little bit more interesting than, than some of their faster songs. Probably. Um, I, it, I like the song. It has like the lyrics almost have like a, a like a, not like a trippiness to them, but like a certain, like, you know, it's like the, there's a shadow on the wall where the paint is peeling. My body's moving forward. But my mind is reeling, you know, like just like a weird, like, I don't know. I guess it's just describing that state that he's in at that time, but um, I don't know. Just kind of relatable to, in, to an extent, like maybe not what he was going through, but you know, just kind of being zoned out kind of just like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like, um, it's evoking an emotion that you can like put yourself into kind of feeling and it, it's um, like, you know, lyrically just kind of, painting the picture whereas like some of the other songs are more telling you like the facts or telling you like the points <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff like this is not telling you the point it's like 
sharing with you some details and then you are like guiding yourself to the point. Um, yeah, this is definitely one where you can just hear it and know that it's like, Oh yeah, that's like, you're what's oh, written yeah. song, you know, yeah. or, like <laughs> easily tell, you know, which is cool. Good yeah. song. And then, uh, an interesting note from the, I think this, they talked about it in the book, do what you want again, Pete, who was their drummer still wasn't quite as like, you know, up to snuff like he was you know a, a tech and a roadie for them like he was you know somebody in the history but he's not like a musician with years and years of experience at this point he kind of picked up the drums out of an obligation to kind of help the band um so a few a few years into it he's still you know coming to terms with his skills and was the i don't want to say the weakest link but he was the weakest link from a like a musical skill standpoint um yeah. in the recording process for this Apparently even like Hetson like was frustrated enough with him that he like stormed out of the rec- recording space because he couldn't get the, the the tempo and the rhythm um, in the recording studio. Like he just couldn't get it and he kept messed up takes and everything um, with this song specifically. And ultimately like the band like, you know, requested maybe I don't know about forcing him to do it, but um, using a click track so that he heard like the little click tempo, you know, metronome, like he could hear that in order for him to keep on tempo and successfully record the song, which is like, you know, I guess a shame for some drummers to have to use that because that's their whole job, you know, is to hold, keep the tempo. And if he wasn't able to do that, you know, it was just reflecting on his skill and really just kind of put him down. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hetson stormed out of the studio, just like, all right, all right, man, figure it out. There's I'm also, fucking out of here. There's also that delivery of Santa T. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese RPGs where the, you know, the schoolgirl laughing at T. <laughs> I never, never thought of that. That that. Uh, I can't help it. I don't know why. Yeah. Now I will. T. <laughs> um, that's fun. Uh, Sanity, longest track. Uh, they followed up with. The second short, or no, I guess I want something more. It's pretty short. Uh, one of the shorter songs, but Henchman, track eight, um, mm. coming up next, which is a Graffin song. So I'll play that now. Standing in a life which is struggle for acceptance is a never-ending chore. i for your action by some present and rewarded for ideas of the future's wide open door. force the fade out there because it's going to end uh but i love that just just boom like just changes gears changes lanes uh changes entire directions and just like becomes like a second song like within the song uh when it hits it hits that spot yeah yeah i i really like this i wonder if this would have been like the first um track on like the the other side of the album or something like that you know oh yeah because it's another yeah we talked about that before because change yeah, of ideas is 55 seconds. This is a minute and eight seconds. Yeah. Um, Ever since then, I, 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 I sometimes will think of like that, you know, like, oh, what was the, but yeah, listening to it, the format that we do, it, it's a nice boost of energy immediately yeah. after a song like um, Sanity. But uh, what I like about that song too is like the energy of the song, but also lyrically it, it has a positive message, you know, about uh, you oh, know, yeah, the type yeah. of person that you should try to be and everything. And it's just like, I've always just liked that about it. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And looking it up, side two, Henchman starts the yeah. song. So that's, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it has the, uh, I mean, the end of the song, uh, do what, um, stand by your, don't be henchmen, stand by your laurels, do what no one else does and praise the good of other men for good man's sake. And when everyone else in the world follows your lead, although a cold day in hell it will surely be, that's when the entire world shall live in harmony. Uh, but the delivery of uh, the the one song, yeah, no, yeah, when, when it starts, yeah, when it starts, but it gets into the the henchman is the human analog of the suffering multitudes who act like, like good, good dogs sit and look for the reward. And look for the reward. So, yeah. and then uh, has that. So, what good advice have I got for you? But this line, when he delivers it, oh, yeah. to ensure against your likely metamorphosis into this reprobate. <laughs> Like yeah. the way it's just, he has to like get all those. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's so tough, but like, um, it had to happen that way. It has to sound that way and it's fine. Uh, and then ultimately it's just a fantastic song. A minute long, minute and eight seconds. Uh, good job. Graffin. Um, then we get into track nine. It must look pretty appealing. Appealing. <laughs> That little interlude, the intro that it starts out with, and that little interlude between it, um, and then the last time that goes to the chorus, it expands upon it like other songs of theirs that they do. Kind of keeps it evolving and everything. Um, oh yeah, that's like a po- really poppy song. Like uh, when it gets into the chorus, and it's like the verses on the chorus are different feeling. So like as soon as it starts, it must look pretty appealing. And then more like it just it's yeah. it's catchy and bouncy and fun. Like. Um, I really, I just really like the catchiness of his delivery and like the vocals and everything. Yeah, um, you're right about that. I guess with the with the, that's just such a difference between the chorus and the verses. The verses are have like a, there's like a certain darkness in there. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's like, um, you know, the person sitting next to you is dismal and deranged on your bus ride uh, home from work each day or something yeah. along those lines. And uh, the food on your table you know, is more plastic than protein. Plastic and protein, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the, your it, intellect um, depends on your TV. Yeah, on your TV. It's yeah. like, damn, it's just sort of like a bleak, you know. You can't think for yourself. You just get this, you know. You're eating your garbage and food. Then also, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, song's yeah, also really, about me. I really like that song. What's up? I said this song's also about me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like pretty appealing. Uh, uh, yeah, they're coming for me. Um, but that's the human experience that, you know, uh, this this song lyrically you know could almost feel like a, a suffer song you know like speaking to like the personal not necessarily the big widespread worldview but more of like the human problem world that's true you yeah know? yeah um but yeah i think it's kind of cool good song good jam um track 10 we say yeah this is the uh tr- song we talked about earlier from tony ox pro skater 2 um one of the technically one of the longer songs uh, at two minutes and seven seconds, uh, but you. 
biasness of just you know being exposed to that one song from tony hawk and all that stuff that's always going to be a favorite um uh, but it is just a like it is a good bad religion song i mean it's got to be a reason why they like, maybe they had input to help choose that one or if they were asked they specifically want that song for the soundtrack i'm not sure but it is like it, it does sound different than a lot of their songs you know like i mean i think lyrically um like it's i think Garrett's getting into his Definitely. um his stylings um you know you can kind of see or the person who's going to write like 21st century digital boy later like i said or whatever um or anesthesia um like it's it's creatively mm-hmm. written it's it doesn't have that like big brain aspect to it it like kind of uh, meanders your thoughts you know in a place and um also just feels really personal so, um, but it's a good, good catchy song. Yeah. Uh, really hard to rank some of these. This is a really good song, but, um, yeah, I mean, this song I think had like, I don't know what you want to call it, but like that it factor that like a, a hit single would have, but you know, the band wasn't big enough to be having hit singles and the genre of music wasn't like popular enough. But I think that's why it was a big deal when it came out on Tony Hawk too, because it did get a lot of like young people and people that maybe hadn't listened to this band into the band, you know? Um, yeah. Because it's, it would have been like a really good single. If the, I, I think if that was possible at that time, you know, when it came out. So it's just like a really good pop song, kind of, you know, like pop punk song. Well, um, well, I mean, the importance of the song for them, for sure. Like if you think about it, like if there's fans of the band who like, you know, let's not say these, how can hell be any worse? They started. Yes. They, they had their niche local LA audience because of just what they were. They would have got that probably no matter what, but when yeah. suffer happens and they have this like resurgence, that's kind of like the real like start for them. Cause that's when they did multiple albums they've been building on and everything. Um, if you were a fan of them then, say you were 16, 17, 18 years old then, by the time Tony Hawk 2 came out, like 99 or 2000, you know, that person's now approaching their 30s. Or if you're already a little bit older, you're in your 30s, you know. So who's mm-hmm. playing those video games at the time? 10, 11, 12-year-olds who are ex- discovering this music for the first time themselves. Like this song found that second wave of a or a second generation for Bad Religion to like – discover them and like maybe the older people were like starting to fall off not not seeing them live as much not being able to like support them the same way because you know their lives were growing but now you just like you know got all these kids hooked who are now gonna like like buy up and be rabid for your your music and everything and um start paying attention to you and yeah um brought like a second wave of of fans to yourself you know so it's just kind of crazy to think about it's like perfect timing for that to have all happened for them um just plucking a song off of a 1989 album, an album from 10 years prior, basically, by the time that game comes out, um, was really important to them. Yeah, that must have been huge. I mean, that, that game sold crazy good. Yeah. And, you know, 
and some of the people are going to like it and they're going to seek out your music after that, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's cool. Um, and it, it makes sense. The, the chorus, um, and you painted my entire world, but I don't have the turpentine to clean what you've soiled. And I won't forget it. Pretty simple chorus. That's like, a that's good line. It. Yeah. Um, but obviously if it, you know, it makes sense, but, um, it makes, I mean, it'll make sense. It already does probably, but Brett said in an interview, you was kind of a reverse love song for an ex-girlfriend I was pissed off at. <laughs> Uh, which, you know, hearing that, you know, you painted my entire world and I don't have the turpentine to clean what you've soiled and I won't forget it. Uh, Kind of fun. Uh, But good GM. Love you. Use definitely what helped me solidify my, you know, love for the band. I mean, it's probably the first exposure, you know, and then that went into um, an anti-love song. Our reverse love song helped me love the band and then to explore their, their further music. And get... I, I thought you were going to say something about it helping you with like a, a, a Tony Hawk 2 session or something. Like that. that definitely got me through you know, oh, a, yeah. long, uh, <laughs> a long nine a hour. long time on a, on a grind there. Nine hour sessions. A, yeah. a manual. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just super good song. Important song for the band and for fans like us for sure. Um, where do we go to now? We go to track 11, Progress. Um, Geritz wrote you just to throw that out there one more time um, Progress is a Graffin song track 11 and we'll play that now It's like um, this might sound stupid. Um, maybe it's a TikTok thing. I don't know. There, there. I see it through like old band TikTok because Facebook will have like reels that you can watch that are just basically people reposting TikToks. Um, but people try and creatively get it so that it starts. The video starts with something. You listen to a message. You listen to a thought. You listen to whatever the video is, and then it ends. But the end of the video then is referencing, and that's why you can find the secret in Tony Hawk's too, blah, blah, blah. Like it's like, it like loops itself. Like it's designed. So it sounds like you're hearing it once, but if you accidentally let it keep playing, it's almost like an infinite loop. It starts with like, you know, progress, you know, as you're describing all these different things of, you know, what it is and what it means and everything. And it gets into that chorus and, um, it's one step closer to the future. One step closer to the end. Um, Oh no, wait, when it gets to that slower part where that bridge, you know, Remember that life on earth is but a flash of dawn. We're all a part of it as the day rolls on. And then it's pause. 
and progress is the message. <laughs> it gets right back into the next verse, which in itself is becoming the chorus because that is what the title is. And that's what you hear and remember and sing along to and everything. I don't know. It's just crazy how it's like a, a cyclical thing in the way that it's designed um, to kind of stand out on itself. But creatively, like using, um, sometimes it feels like using the music and all that stuff. That, to me, creatively, this song, um, because of its structure, is like really cool to me. No, yeah, I follow. That makes sense. That I follow that where it's like it's the subject matter is this like march of progress, no matter what you know, no matter if it's a smart, intelligently planned as it's mentioned, or like and the repercussions of it, you know, the pollution that's mentioned and things. Like the, so, the theme and then like the music fits that theme because it's just like pro. It's just you know, yeah, it keeps going. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 cool. I really like that song. That's one for sure, though. It has a more like like the more negative spin on this constant, you know improving at all costs and make it, you know, without really knowing the repercussions, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I that, think, I think, that, that one line. So before you go and contribute more to the destruction of this world, you adore, remember life on yeah. earth is but a flash of dawn. We're all part of it as the day rolls on. Like it's all going to be over. It's all going to be gone. And before you cause more problems, put more bad out there, fill more landfills or whatever it may be, whatever your, your mind is like pushing you towards like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a positive thing. It's pessimistically pointing out the flaw of, of the modern kind of experience uh we're almost there at the end uh track 12 um is the actual shortest song on the album just randomly plucked into near the end of it but i want something more 48 seconds long um it is a brett garrett song um so here we go i'll play that now All right, that's all I can really play of it. it repeats one more time, and then it ends with, but I want something more. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. Uh, I guess if, like, listening to it there, I was like, oh, no, this is a full-on song, you know, because it, it's going to loop. It's just they get to it and through it so quickly, yeah. but it still feels like a full song, I guess. Um, it is a little bit harder to kind of, like, grade those types of songs for me now i guess being a little older like where it's like you know when i was a kid i remember that it was so cool like, oh man so fast yeah. tracked it out in like a minute it's like now i'm like well it's kind of hard to compare that to some of the more fleshed out songs on an album you know but um, yeah let me live in it a little bit here, know, you know it's like, a fun one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, that's um my ranking reflects because I, I i want something more of the song as well <laughs> uh it's good like it's got like it's it's almost like you have a great concept but then they didn't expand on that they're like oh no no, this is a cool thing like uh, this, this the gimmick for this is like oh this is a cool thing and then just ended up being 47 seconds no need to fluff it up or anything and uh but i kind of would like more from it if i have to fault it um because it is just like a very fast jumps right into it starts hitting you with the, like the machine gun lyrics um mm-hmm. teases you the i want something more and then the second time that comes through it's boom that's it so um, I mean, I guess it succeeds. It leaves me wanting yes, something more. <laughs> Jesus, I just realized this is like progress or, you know, like it itself knows what it's doing. It's a very meta way yeah. of making me. Oh, man. Good it, job. It, it, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Good job, Bad Religion. You got me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, next track, track 13, Lucky 13. 
uh, I'm for Graffin song, uh, then a Gearit song, and then it closes with a Graffin song to end the album. Uh, but track 13 is Anxiety, and I'll play that here. It's a love song to the self, a story recapped every day. It's a world of bogus feelings and a world of slow decay. It's a world of laughter hidden by this world of fear and torment. And it's a game of strange compulsion, our visceral compulsion. Anxiety for love of life, anxiety for pain. Anxiety, a feeling that you know you can contain. Anxiety destroys us, but it drives a common man. Foundation of society, anxiety. Suppress it if you can. Um, yeah, it reminds me of a, uh, another song they do later. Let me start over again real quick. Let me see if I can share what I'm talking about. It's a love song to the self, a story recapped every day. Oh yeah, Lunacy, they're all us in the fray. Can't you see their lives are just like yours? An undiscovered, undiscovered door leading to the gift of that last album. So, um, Suffer. Yeah, so it's... I don't know if it's on purpose or not, or like, you know, he had a melody that popped in his head and he's like, maybe it was late at night. And it's like, fuck, that's a good melody, man. I got to start putting some lyrics to this. Then he goes in and records it. And he's like, Oh wait, that was suffer. Uh, hmm. (laughs) Uh, It changes as it gets to the chorus um, and everything, um, which the chorus. Yeah. Like the quest for gold and the everybody. It's all the same. Yeah. Like it's a different, different melody there. It changed up itself. And that's where I actually start. I think liking the song more um, because like the start of it, it feels like having like anxiety for love of life, anxiety for pain, anxiety, a feeling that, you know, you can't contain. It's, I feel like they did that with progress because it's progress. It's blah, 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 blah. Like it's saying the word over and over again, like to start your thought or to start the point and all that stuff. It's like yeah. they had a similar blueprint or something like that for this here, but not as catchy of a melody. That's why it's like not until it gets into that end or it kind of changed itself up that I finally start to appreciate it a little bit more um, and still have some fun with it. But I feel like getting there, it's just like ground we've already treaded on, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I kind of get what you're saying. It, uh, I don't know. I do like the song, but I agree. It's not It's not until that second half where I really start to uh, – feel it and then also it's not really a long song either so it's yeah. like yeah, two minutes you know, two minutes and nine seconds i mean yeah I mean, a minute yeah. into it you're like oh cool and then a minute later it's over so it's yeah. moving on um but that being said i mean like it's still a great album so it's like um i'm just looking yeah this is a really good album i'm just looking at these rant, this list that i'm trying to come up with and i'm like yeah that ended up that low and i'm like i love that song I, yeah, I, what, I, like, I, what's going on here <laughs> like, i'm trying not to look at it like that and just like plug it into like around like Oh, here's his own. Do I like it more or less than that? Less? Okay, just go down. Don't even look at it. You know, and so I'm just trying to. Well, like, yeah, for sure doing it like naturally as we go. But now I'm looking because we're almost at the end. I'm like, oh, shit, that's where that ended up here, huh? Wow, yeah. That's something. It's crazy. But, um, yeah. We are on Billy, which is the Gearwitz, final Gearwitz song, track 14 of No Control. Powerfully, but fresh was lacking, and the present was all, and his aptitudes were carelessly 
Yeah, he like I said earlier, like you jokingly talked about it, but uh, um, <laughs> he um, was one of the few songs that was kind of vaguely autobiographical. So Brett says, "Billy was me. It was about a kid who was a drug addict." So pretty simple because uh, it does get in into later, kind of more talking about that a lunatic yeah. barking at the moon. And he threw his future away, um, but um, yeah, it's a catchy song. It's 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 good. I think that like. I don't know if this was placed earlier. I think I would respond to it a little bit differently because I feel like like this sounds like okay, cool. The song, the album's coming to an end. Like, like I'm waiting for that final song, and I'm more anticipating the final song. And like this is almost like filler to get to the end for me. But if it was earlier in it, maybe like I would be listening to it in a different way, and it would stand out to me a little bit more or something. I'm not sure. It's still, a, um, yeah. I still like it though. Not a bad thing yeah, at I've all. Always- I've always liked this one quite a bit. I, I think just because it's like a lot of bad religion songs are kind of like, you know, have a storytelling kind of element to them. And this one is like, especially in these earlier years, there's not a lot of songs that are more like personal stories like this, I guess. Um, and uh, I've just always kind of liked that about it. And I don't know, it's a relatable subject matter, you know, like we all have known people, you know, bad things have gone down bad roads or, you know, things like that. Um, also, it mentions the sweetest lemonade, the darkest game arcade. That's, <laughs> you know, what's not to like about that? You know? The darkest That's, like, game arcade. It's like a nostalgia factory yeah. that you can relate to, you know, as a, the, a youth when he was or out, a grown man that still likes to go to home yeah. when he can. When he was out buying his comic books, he'd drop by with his change to play a few games uh, before reading the latest <laughs> geological study from James Hutton in 1795. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we are on the final track then. Uh, the World Won't Stop, track 15, Graffin Song, uh, ends the album here. And I'll play it now. <laughs> Bet your ass. <laughs> oh, I didn't call it out, but in you, the just the very firm uh, f bomb, like in the start of it, and all that stuff. Like the anytime you, I don't know, curse, it makes me enjoy the song uh, that much more. So you can bet your ass, I'll give you higher points for that. Um, there we go. I think I have all fifteen songs. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I'm gonna right. put, put, I'm gonna slot this in somewhere real quick here. Um, Loose's slots. <laughs> <laughs> We've uh, Viquiva's got the loosest slots. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we did it there. That's no control. Um, the last album of the eighties for this band. Uh, they'll enter. They'll enter into the nineties. Uh, right after this, uh, we just got to talk about the rankings. So, album's over. Last uh, no control. Incomplete. Our incompletion there. Um, we'll have you start started out with your uh, track numero uno. What do you say is your favorite track on the album? Um, it's this is a really hard one. It could be others that would get it, but uh, I still have to go with no control. Oh, really? Interesting. 
Yeah, I like I, I love that song. I didn't play around with it, uh, but I went. I want to conquer the world. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that was my number one. Your um, two. Uh, I want to conquer the world. <laughs> my two. Yeah. Is no control. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're. I mean, you can't like not enjoy those songs. So your number three then. Uh, number three, I went with Big Bang. Interesting. Okay, my number three was yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and I think it's all like listening bias type of thing. You know, I was kind of worried that maybe I'd overdo that, but these still are three songs that I would want to hear them play like live and like, you know, if I had to make a set list out of their songs, like I mean, I gotta hear those songs, you know. But I mean, there's so many on here that are, are solid. So that's that's how I rounded out my three. Uh, oh yeah, no, I I totally get it. I it's just really tough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're four. Number four, I went with Henchman. Holy moly! Hmm. Fucking love that song. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Surprising that maybe is that high. No. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, not for me either because it's my number four as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a really good song, and when it kicks into yeah. that that second like or just switches gears and it starts going like crazy like different fast tempo, um, and its message it's like just simple and mm-hmm. sweet and all that stuff like you know like poem. If anybody asks like oh why do you like this punk music and you know why do you like bad religion and all that stuff it's kind of like well you can read these lyrics of this song you know it's just this is what I get out of uh, this type of music and uh, <laughs> yeah and I had a good time listening to it so this is why um, yeah. What totally, is your- yeah, that, well, real quick with that song, it is kind of funny to think about like what it is in terms of like just an exercise in writing, right? First part of the song, he explains to you what a henchman, as yep. he calls them, is, and then he explains how you could not be yeah. one. And then, <laughs> so just, I don't know. That being said, don't be a henchman. <laughs> Stand <laughs> yeah. on your laurels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good job. Uh, yeah. you're, you're five then. So number five, I went with uh, Progress. <laughs> Um, love it. Yeah, uh, it's progress, you know. It's, it's it is. driving the album on, uh, and I'm not making much progress here because I also chose progress as my number five. Oh, <laughs> we didn't wow. really move into ter- different territories there, uh, but pretty, all right, pretty similar list so far. Yeah, I think there's going to be a pretty big divergence at some point. Though. There's too many songs on here for it to, uh, yeah. to stay that way. Well, I mean, I, I our one and two are just switched. <laughs> yeah. and the henchmen and progress are in the same spot. Um, so I'm curious to know: is you your next song? No, it is not. Okay, section okay. number six is uh, it must look pretty appealing. Okay, okay. I was going to say because um, I had already said to you my six is Big Bang, so I was just going to be curious if maybe we had the same songs just in the same just slightly response. different. Um, yeah. So then now yeah. we'll, now we'll get into some different uncharted waters in for us. Uh, I mean, you just said must be must look pretty appealing, so that was the first time that it popped up for either of us. But uh, you're seven. Yeah, number seven, I've got you. Seven, okay, you pops up. Yeah, so you you, you (laughs) pops up pretty quick. Yeah, uh, my seven is Automatic Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Your eight. Uh, My eight is uh, Sanity. Sanity, okay. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. we're going to diverge a little bit there. Um, Mine is It Must Look Pretty Appealing. Hmm, Okay. Uh, So what is that, Um, nine now? Yeah, going into number nine, I've got... And I'm crazy this it's uh, this low, but it's automatic man. Automatic man, yeah, not too far off from where I had it, but yeah, um, I have. Sometimes it feels like there. Mm, wow, I you know I enjoy what they did with the music in that, uh, making it a part of 
the song. It was just creative, like Progress was. So uh, yeah, slotted it well, there. In the, biz- in the business, we call it a showcase in the music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's yeah, maybe that's where the inspiration came from. You know, years later, <laughs> we showcase the music. We got thirty seconds to fill here. You know, ah, uh, let's just showcase the music on this part real quick, and then we'll come back at the end and we'll do this. <laughs> Writes itself. Uh, your next one. What is that? Number ten now. Uh, n- number ten. I've got uh, Billy. My number ten is Billy. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Uh, you're eleven. Uh, eleven. I've got anxiety. Eleven. I've got change of ideas. Okay. Twelve. Change of ideas for me. <laughs> number twelve. <laughs> uh, I got sanity there for me. Hmm. So okay. that, that's lower, much lower than it was on yours. That's I think the biggest differential yeah. that we've had so far. Um, next for you. Yeah. Number 13 for me is, uh, sometimes it feels like, okay. I have the world won't stop. Hmm. 14, yeah. uh, 14. I want something more. I want something more. It's my 14, uh, okay. 15 last track. So for me, the last track is the last track. The world won't stop. Mm. Okay. I That's have, for me. I have anxiety there for me. And like I said, I think that I think if progress wasn't on that album, I would like anxiety more. I just feel like <laughs> like hearing that melody that to me, like I can immediately start singing "Suffer" over it and be like, "Cool, not missing a beat here." Like as soon as I get to the chorus, it's that's when this first changes, and uh, um, and the way it's like kind of the repetition styling of anxiety is reminds me of progress. So it's like great song. It's still a fun song. Like that being my lowest ranking one, that is still a song that I will enjoy listening to if I play the album and and have it playing through. So um, overall that causes me to rank this album over suffer. So I have no control then suffer Then how can help any worse right now for my album rankings. Yeah. So far we're going to have the same ranking. I've got no control suffer and, how could I be any worse as third as well? How the- this just imp- to me it just improves <laughs> on everything about Suffer, which is already a really good album. It just does everything better to me. Yeah, um, you know, songwriting, music, just you know, more variety, uh, almost like a better, in my mind, a better quality of like recording sound to it, almost. Um, but I yeah. guess it's just that backstory that you told. But to me, it just sounds like it's more like modern to me, even though it's, it's you know, what, three decades old or something? I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. at this point, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the, I mean, the Suffer has fantastic songs on it and it's a great album. Um, mm-hmm. But like looking back at my list, I have um, like the Index Fossil, Forbidden Beat, and the Numbers Game Part 2 like as like the bottom three. Like mm-hmm. I could do without those songs entirely. Like if I went through and like re-listened to suffer good songs, they're fine songs. But like if I trimmed mm-hmm. the fat on it and like, you know, like was trying to make like a little all ages thing myself, like I would not have as much like concern cutting those songs off of a list that I was making. If I then go to no control, the world won't stop. I want something more or anxiety for me. Like those are actually still like fun songs. Like, those are good songs that like, like, yeah, I would, I would ultimately do without in my ranking, but like, it would be a harder like I like decision to like not slot those somewhere over those three, those bottom three that I had for suffer for myself. Yeah. Um, I'm in a similar uh, opinion on that where it's like uh, those lower level songs on suffer songs that I might like not even want to listen to at all. Potentially, you know, like, mm-hmm. for, per, for me, I might just be like, ah, skip better shit to listen to this one. I don't really know that I have a desire to skip any of these songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's cool. 
Well, that's uh, that's the the ep for all you all you gear sluts out there. You know, uh, <laughs> go ahead and get your Apex you know compressor out and go ahead and start turning those dials. Um, but that was fun. The uh, uh, No Control is a, a, like a solid album. I'm curious to know. You know, like I said, we're doing the early years for this first leg of this. Um, I'd be curious to know ultimately where No Control slots in. Um, you know, could this be? their best in that era, you know, but we still have generator and against the grain and others, you know, ahead. So, uh, it's not necessarily that uh, close of a, or a clear of a race to be able to call it in that way. So. No. Yeah. Again, I got to start listening to against the grain. I, that I know has a lot of really good songs on it too. So I feel like that could be a good contender to take the title for the best of this era, but then generator is really, really good. But the thing with that one is it's only about 10 or 11 songs. So it's a little bit of a different, mm-hmm. you know, different way to have to compare you know it's quality or quantity quality quantity. (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to create an operation 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 rescue Rescue. uh that's That's on yeah that's on the next one uh i love that song too because how it like stops the music and like you know like he grabs the crash like operation dun dun operation yeah like it's uh, it's fun. Like they, they, that, they that get album better. Also has you know, flatter society is going to come up on that one, which is like an all time fucking yeah. banger right there for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's a gangbanger, gangbuster. Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not a gangbanger. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that's uh, what we got looking forward to. So uh, we're done here. Hunter's wrapping it for us. Say good night. Okay, cool. Say uh, what do you want to say? Say, say good say night to the bad guy. Yeah, say good night. Mm-hmm. Or say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.